Yes, welcome to Mr. Z and Fifth with your host, Mr. Z. And this is Fifth. All right. So we're going to talk about something serious today. We're going to talk about silence of the black church. Mm -hmm. Uh, Where is the the black church voice Mm. that we once had in the civil rights era, pre-civil rights era? Mm -hmm. And we're going to talk about why the black community doesn't no longer seek refuge in the black church when we need help addressing Mm -hmm. uh, any type of uh, race-related issues like we once Mm -hmm. did. Yes. We'll talk about how we once had it. Uh, we'll talk about why we don't have it now and why that happened. Yeah. Come up with some solutions to how we can gain that back. Yes. Okay. Yes. Cause there's a lot going on. My sister and bedroom out there is, um, you know, we got the St. Louis case going on out there with, um, cut the those police officers that got acquitted, um, Jason Stockley. And also we got, um, and we also, we're going to talk about the young man that got killed by Jason Stockley and the other than that officer that company him and, um, Stop the police! Stop and frisk. Well, pull him over in the vehicle. And now he's dead. Now, um, Anthony Lamar Smith. Condolences to the family. But yeah, we'll we'll, we'll touch on that. We'll also touch about on the New Hampshire little eight-year-old boy, biracial boy that was also um, teenage boys was playing around. They put a noose on him. Was lynched. It was mockery, making racial racial slurs. Talking about their uh, great great grandparents almost did this, so we can do it to you. So okay, we'll, we'll talk about that too. So we so let's start with that now, then. Yeah. So if you got the article, whatever you need, address that issue, you know, and tell people what that's about. This situation is going viral on the internet, social yeah, media. A lot know, of people I have did, been talking yeah. about. Yeah. You know, there's been a lot going on. Yes. That the I don't know if you heard about. The sister, I don't know the details, but the young sister who was dead in a hotel freezer, Kanisha Jenkins. Yes, yes. Oh, I yes. I, yeah. I, 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 I can talk about that because I read I read that article, too. Yeah. Yeah, I can talk about that, too. I, can, I read that article, too, so I can definitely speak on that, too. Um, yeah. You know, but this little boy, man, um, New, Ham- New Hampshire, um, it's all over. It went viral. It's all over the internet, man. His neck, his, his, you see the marks on his neck. But lacerations from the um, they put the noose around his neck and they um was making mockery. He almost he almost died. Um, he almost died, but he, thank God he didn't. Thank God, praise God he didn't, man. And um, these boys that are um that did this heinous and hideous thing, they were playing around, but they did it in a in a vicious in a silly vicious way. And the police officers that caught them were saying, please don't let the, please do not let these boys. If they're gonna punish them, do not let them carry this, tarnish their their history for the rest. Tar, I mean, tarnish their um life for the rest of their life. Don't let this tarnish their life, their, their whole life, man. And I say to that, and I and I I want to address this police officer, man, that said that. You know, it was um four black young teenager bo- male boys. It would have been a different story altogether. They'd have been called animals. They'd have been called. They would have been. They look at you. Look at us differently. You look at you. Don't call them kids. You don't call fourteen-year-old black male kids. You call them they men. Call, they would have called them men. Yeah, they would yeah. call them men. They and these men. With, they did that with Trayvon. Trayvon yeah. was 16, 17, 17 years, old, years old, and they kept calling him a seventeen-year-old man. Man, yeah, what? yes, a man, yeah, yeah. 
Yeah, yeah. Zimmerman is a man that did this to this to to um to Tra- to a boy, Trayvon, seventeen years old. Yeah. So in this case too, they the police officer calling these these boys um um they're young. They call them kids. You know, if it was if it was fourteen year old black males, they won't be calling them kids. They be calling them men, and they should be tried as men. But they say they're juvenile. They, now they call them juvenile. You know, like I, I always say, different f- strokes for different folks, man. And we got to always wake up, man, and the system is definitely not for us. And those who are unwoken, please stop sipping that coon juice and wake up, please. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Better put that coon water down. Yeah, man. Shoot. Well, and because, well, because, and to expand on that, because young black kids and other people of color are more likely, 10 times more likely to be trialed as adults than to be than white kids are when they do a crime when they're kids mm-hmm. to be trialed as adults mm-hmm. they, they, they're more likely will be you know as kids i mean you hear stories about young black teenagers doing jail sentences we ain't talking about juvenile <laughs> you know they're doing like actual prison type of sentences where they go to where they, they'll probably throw them in juvenile first mm-hmm. and then when that's done Going right into the prison, you know, and as far as the sympathy, the sympathy is not there. There's a lot of sympathy and empathy for these kids. I will say this. I'm not saying that these kids, these white kids, because they're white, should now feel what we feel. The point I'm making is if you're going to be like that with them, then you need to be like that with every child. That's what I'm saying. Don't now, when it comes to them, you have empathy. Yes. But then when it comes to these other kids, you didn't. That's what I'm saying. If you're going to try them, if you're going to try them all, then try them all. But yes. if you're going to treat them as kids and treat them all as kids, that's the point I'm making. That's, exactly. That's real equality. That, that, yeah, yeah, that's real equality. Real equality. For real. They like to, um, yo, yo, young Quincy survived this. You had a situation where this kid was. Where there was a kid who got killed uh, during a wrestling match, amateur wrestling in high school, hmm. and when they found him, he was rolled up and dead in a, in a mattress. I don't remember the. Uh, yes, that but was you, you heard I, of this. I heard of that. Yes, that was in Atlanta. This might have been like two years, two three. That years was ago, in Atlanta. Maybe, yeah, yeah, yeah. Young black, young black man in Atlanta, high school student. Yeah, yeah rolled up in a in and a no mat. justice and no justice done for that. And I, when I was reading that, I was saying to myself. Yo, nobody, nobody's digging into this case. Yeah, nobody's even d- digging into this case. So that's what I'm saying. It's like, but if it was a other, you know, the Caucasian counterpart, would have been a different story altogether. Oh, they would have shut that school down. They would have shut the school down. The school is still not shut down. Still, it's it's like unhidden. You know, it's it's not even it's not even brought up anymore. Right. You know, even with this young girl that got mom killed in the was in a hotel. They went partying. Yeah. Yeah. That, there's a lot of things surrounding that. Yeah. Video the, footage is saying that the girl in the video footage is not the same girl. Uh certain pictures are saying it's not the same girl. There's just a lot there's just a rest in peace to the sister, but there's just a lot hmm. of nonsense going on. I don't know the full details. Yeah. I, I just mentioned it real quick because yeah. that's what's currently being talked about. Yeah, and the hotel didn't do anything to really um they told the mother that when the mother came to Find out where you know. Find out about the little girl. Find out about her, do- her give daughter. Get her, her name real quick, so that we have at least that. Let me yeah, see. Try it on my, because 
Tatiana. I would hate to talk about this girl and I don't know her name. Yeah. Kan- Kan- is it Kanika? Kanika, yeah. Yeah, Kanika Jenkins. Kanika Jenkins. Rest of, condolences, man, um, to, her fa- to her mom and, and you know, family. You know, condolences for sure because um, she she went in, what she went, she was celebrating that she got a job. You know, she's 19 and she went with a, two two other friends and she's celebrating doing a job. But at this, when she was partying, there was three other guys there, and um, according to the video, she was um drunk. And it hurt. And it Nineteen hurt. years 19 old. old. Yeah, she was intoxicated. Rose Rosemont Hotel. Yeah, that's in I think Illinois, somewhere in yeah, Illinois. Yeah, because she's from Chicago. Yeah, so she was she was and then she was found in the freezer. Um, dead. Dead in the freezer. Uh, we don't know what happened, but I'm assuming that she was she so was, intoxicated that the guys probably wanted to have a way because I heard money some money some currency was exchanged. You know, oh, that sounds like prostitution. Yeah, so currency exchange between the gentleman and the friend and the fe- one of her female friends for about two hundred dollars was exchanged, and then maybe she didn't want to do anything with, with the dude. So, you know, the guys are probably, um, you know, might might have done something to her and you know and put her in the freezer, some something like that, you know. But she, I heard, but from what the footage was showing, that she was walking around. In the walking around in the hallway, like intoxicated, barely, barely walking, like, like stumbling, stumbling, you know. So, um, you, you're gonna get some further details with this case, but this is a real case. They don't, I guess, they're gonna, um, every all the parties involved have different answers and different, um, stories of on what happened, you know. So, but my thing is this, man, um, and I've been hearing and I've been hearing this. Even when I went on the website called CaribbeanFeverEyes.com, that young black females are not, um, young f- black females are not valued. You know, young black females are not valued. Um, black females are not valued. You're talking in this about country, t- yeah, man. Yeah, yeah. If we're talking, you you mean in a sense of not being respected. Black fe- yeah. black female death. Death is not yeah. It's not it's not valued. Oh well, well yeah, yeah we, we know that. Yeah, the, yeah. We could, they could go missing for years and still no case brought up. It's not really valued. So we, so that's something to pay attention to, you know. And um, it's just sad. Um, what happened to the to happen to this young lady that was trying to celebrate? She just beginning life. She's only nineteen years old, man. You know. So condolences to her family. Yeah, condolences, man. But um. Later, in a little while, we can just get into the black church, man, and the silence in the black church because there's been a lot going on, a whole lot going on. And we want to know why some some of the churches, um, they guess they're not vocal about it or they're not speaking out against it or not too vocal about it. Um, racism is real. It's here. It's always been here. So the silence, so we're going to get into that. Um Sometimes it can, you know, fifth, it can all stem back from the, if you go into the history of how vocal, how vocal during the times of um, the Jim Crow, or how vocal the black churches were, were very much involved in trying to be active in the civil rights. Some churches, you know? Yeah. You know, um, very much vocal and very much involved with what's going on in the community during the 1950s and 60s during the Jim Crow era. Even, even before then, they were just, there's some churches would speak out against the injustices of 
of black people in this country, you know? Mm. Yeah. You know, um, and um, you know, be much more, more involved. But sometimes when, um, in the, just, you know, and then so, I, so I believe, this is what I believe, and I'm going to just say this, um, Dr. King, um, the South was desegregated in 1964. Wait, hold, I'm sorry, hold on. Let's not forget the St. Louis situation before we get into that. Oh yes, yeah. Let's do we that. Can't get, we can't forget about um, um, Lamar, um, Anthony Lamar Smith. Condolences to his family. Um, we can't forget about that. Um, if you know, if you all y'all don't know the story, but um, he was driving. He was in his vehicle, and and Jason Stokely, the police officer, and another partner of his, they stopped him, and they said that he had a um when they stopped him. They were afraid because they said they, they this scene had a weapon, gun in his vehicle. So when they stopped him, they they was afraid, so they let off fire, and he and he and by letting off fire, they killed him, and now he's acquitted. And um, St. Louis is an uproar. Can't blame him because this is an ongoing thing. Now. Cosmo probably they were ner- they, they said they were nervous. They said they were their life was threatened. Yes, their life was threatened. So they the first thing they go to, to go to so they used the force continuum, the f- deadly force, to justify what was going on. So they used deadly force, and they didn't, they didn't, they never go through the force continuum. The force continuum is, is the aspartan and other like the tasers. They go straight to deadly force, straight to deadly force, and that's and and because of the system, this system. They justify it, so that's why most of these police officers are acquitted. You know, um, I I just want to say something real quick, not to cut you off. I don't know a lot about this case. I just kind of currently heard about it, but I just want to speak in general in terms of police brutality and the justice system and the relationship between black folks and the justice system. If you want to do right by us, which you don't. But if you want to do right by us, so speaking to the justice system, then you need to start punishing these suspected white supremacist cops, a.k.a. race soldiers, for killing unarmed black people unjustifiably. If you're not going to do that, then you're not going to get our support. Point blank, period. That's right. America likes to do something where they like to point out the very few bad apples out of a group uh, in the dominant society, but they also like to paint us as an absolute to all all black folks. I'll make my point. So though something happens, say a crime happens where a brother does something, sadly he does it, whatever. They would like to use him as an example for all black people. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But they don't do that with their people. Notice that. Hmm. Oh, Timothy McVeigh. Oh, well, he was just crazy. That ain't all of us. He was just crazy. And hmm. that's true. He was. So I'm saying, why don't you look at us like that? When OJ, when the OJ trial first happened, all black men were looked at as white women killers. Hmm. Okay? All black men were looked at that. If you were in an interracial dating relationship where you was the brother and... You was dating a white woman at the time of the OJ case? Oh, oh boy. I, I know you got a story to tell. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. Yep. I, yep. I'm just making a point that they, oh, 
and with the OJ thing, let's just say this. This was before uh, the trial even happened. So what I'm saying is they would like to paint you before a trial even happens as opposed to when, because like I said before the previous episode, when black folks back is up against the wanted justice system, he is guilty until proven innocent. But everybody else in the dominant society, they're innocent until proven guilty. Why is that not for everybody? Should be. It should be, yeah. You know? Shoot. Shoot. Okay, so that's Man. a good segue into the uh, the black church's, church's silence. silence yes. Now, the black church is kind of in quotations black because they really shouldn't be necessarily called black church. But the only reason why it's called black church because the past is black. So that's not a label that black people uh, started. That's a label that was put on black folks. If you had a church where there was black people and you was the black pastor, mm. they called your church the black church. That's what they called it. Mm-hmm. Now, Martin Luther King comes from the black church, mm-hmm. as we would say. Mm-hmm. And, and yeah, mm-hmm. he was he was a minister. He was an activist. Um, You could say the same for Al Sharpton, okay. Yeah. Well, mm-hmm. we're not talking about Al Sharpton right now. Just keeping on on Martin. And... He had the church on his side to some degree. Not all of them, because there was a lot of people, there was a lot of churches that didn't rock with uh, Martin Luther King. I think there's a misconception that Martin Luther King had the ear of everybody. No, he he did not. As a matter of fact, Malcolm X's following was bigger than Martin Luther King's. Yeah, no, he did not, because... Facts. Facts, yes. Yes, because, you see, the thing is that everybody's... Because because we do celebrate the the, the King holiday, but I... but, but, um, um, rest in so rest in peace, Coretta Scott King, his his, his wife. He had to fight to get that, and um, a lot of people now would say, "Oh yeah, what about what about oh Jeffrey Marshall Dr. King?" False, yeah, because you had a lot, you had a you had a lot. Let's face it, people had a lot when they marshaled Dr. King, or even Malcolm, but they marshaled Dr. King. They had a lot at stake. Your jobs, people are afraid to lose their jobs. Voting, 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 well, voting rights, yeah, but jobs, their lives. They were afraid that they would, they would get threatened, death threats. So it was a lot. So when you marched out the king back in the Jim Crow, the civil rights movement, you you had a lot at stake. Not every, not all of us would be marching with Dr. King well, if no, we were living back then. Your life was at stake. Your life was at stake. You yeah. know, you had the, you had the lot to um, her Rosa Parks when she when she demonstrated and when she was arrested and when she was a symbol of the boycott. She had to she because of her threats. Her and her husband left. Where they lived, to, they moved to Detroit. They left Montgomery and they moved to Detroit. They they left. That's how that's how that's how real that was. Yeah, because you see, once you take a stand and once you started boycotting, back then it was something, and the churches were involved. The churches, the churches elected Dr. King. He didn't want he didn't want the position at first, but they elected him. So the churches got very much involved. In the civil rights back then, it, it, they got they got they were they were vocal they were very vocal about it. Um, I'm just trying to remember a few a few ministers as well that was very vocal about it during the some some ministers that were very vocal about it during the time of the gym, during the time of the civil rights movement they were very vocal about about the injustices in the um, in the um, segregated South. 
that was really vocal about the the um, civil rights movement about um, um, equal rights. So so today now um, that when the the in 1964 when the South was desegregated, after even after that, it was a silence because now it was a comfortability to a point where it's well, like we're okay, talk, right? We're talking after the death of. Martin, of the and, and, and many yeah. of, of civil, uh, civil, civil rights, rights leaders. leaders, yes, yes, and, and yes, I would say that it's the fear, it's the fear that white supremacy put on black the black church, yes, well they put it on black people, mm-hmm. but specifically the black church also got silenced, I think, due to the fear. Yes, when you keep seeing soldiers get killed, and I call them soldiers because that's what they were. Mm-hmm. Martin, Malcolm, Mega, Mega, yeah, you know mm-hmm. what I'm saying. Fred mm-hmm. Hampton, Fred Hampton, yeah. uh, Huey P. Newton. They Huey were soldiers, Newton, soldiers of the struggle. And when you and when you and when you see, um, you know the ones who got killed. You had the ones who got exiled, exiled, yeah. and then the ones who got killed, killed. Yes, the ones mm-hmm. who got killed, I think, mm-hmm. brought the fear. Mm-hmm. So back to what you were saying, I just wanted to just kind of put that. in. Which is true, the ones who got ki- killed. Um, he brought the fear, and they kept, and they brought the silence. Um, now, I remember Angela Davis was silenced. She was arrested. She yeah, was arrested. She was locked up. Yo. She was locked up. Then she was um, she was exiled, right? Exiled. Um, yeah, not her, but yeah, Fred Hampton was killed. Yeah, he was killed in his house. In his house. Yeah, imagine that. Raid of bullets. Disgusting. Killed. Yeah, that was an execution. Yeah, that, ran up in his crib and shot him in the bed. Yeah, that was crazy, man. That 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 that's just, and his wife and his child was there right, too. Yeah, they almost got killed too because yeah. they was in the bed with him. Jeez, wow. When you think about that, it's something, man. Exactly. Man, you know, but um, the churches. Yeah, it's fair because the churches, the churches became fearful because remember, because remember, now. Currency started coming into it. Money, businesses, as far as like, because remember, because even um, when was, when the churches started getting commercialized, it started being televised. Churches were televised. Oh, you mean the televangelist stuff? Yeah, evangelist, evangelistic media, um, service media, evangelistic media, and, and churches they will not get into the race. They will not get into the if okay race card. If you're talk, yeah. if you're talking white churches, that was very early. Yeah, but it, like if you're talking white pastors. And, and speakers that was way before they allowed black pa- i think yeah. we didn't start seeing black pastors on tv in the 1980s until i think the 70s maybe late Seven, 70s late, late 70s remember um there's a there's a pastor what is his name you gotta think he had church of california crenshaw right no not no before him fred price before, before fred, fred price before fred price oh um i wish i had the name but um but yeah. but but um but anyway, mm-hmm. I don't think we started seeing that until around the seventies. Yeah. So mm-hmm. so, but but the Billy Grahams and all that were they were they've that been, was that was they've they, been they, on they, there. They've been to the right, yeah. But just mm-hmm. for well, because at that time, black folks wasn't being on TV. Period. So this is why yeah. it took so long for them. Yeah. But I get what you're saying. Mm-hmm. Now, let's let's move forward, right? Mm-hmm. So, you the silence, right? The silence, yeah. So. A lot, a lot of it was the fear. Mm-hmm. A and lot of it, yeah. I, I think a situation is this. It takes a lot for, 
our people to stand up for something, right? It takes a lot. And so I would say the conditions of black folks were the reason why at that particular time the black church got silent. But you still had a couple of people out there still doing what they had to do, okay? You still had Stokely Carmichael, even though he had went to Africa later on, changed his name mm. to, uh, to Kwame Torre. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, you still had Farrakhan. Mm-hmm. Okay. Farrakhan. You know, but that's not the black church. That's the nation of Islam. Islam, yeah. Um, you know, you still Reverend had Island. you had Khalid Muhammad. Khalid Muhammad, yeah. Like you had, you still had, you, you mm-hmm. had Jesse Jackson. Mm-hmm. You had some people. You had people who still spoke. Still spoke. Uh, you know, now shopped. I, yeah, I think the, the the point the point that we're making on this show yeah. was the black church used to be that place of refuge that yes. even non-believers went to. Yes, yes. Mm-hmm. They said, look, we need help. Yes. Mm-hmm. They had the door open for that. They're yeah. killing us out here. Mm-hmm. We need help. Yes. Okay. Mm-hmm. So let's fast forward to today. You don't see that like you used to now. Oh, no. A lot, not, as a matter yeah. of fact, a lot of black folks are leaving the church. Yeah. A lot of, yeah, a lot of young black folks or leaving the church. Wow, wow. Okay? Now, a lot of it are some doctrine uh, differences. Mm. Okay? A lot of it is that. Our faith is being challenged every day. Mm. So when your pastor doesn't have uh, the answers, then a lot of them get the heck out of there. Yes. Well, and then if you see some cooning going on in church, because I got to get to that portion. I got to get to the cooning. <laughs> Because that's another reason why a lot of black folks are even leaving the church. I'll keep it real, man. There's mm. churches that I don't even deal with because of the cooning. I don't even, because of the cooning. Yeah, 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 yes, yes, not keeping it real, yeah. It's, okay. It's true. You know, I was, I ain't going to name it, but last uh, last year, mm-hmm. um, right after the, um, hmm. what case was that? Right after the, uh. This was after this was after Mike Brown. This was after this was after this was uh during the time during the time of before before Eric Garner's situation. After right? Eric Garner, this was after this is way after Eric Garner. Something had happened. What was the big thing? What did, oh yeah, okay, Philando. What was more recent was Philando Castile. Yeah, and and. Anton Sterling. Yes, and uh, the brother in Dallas. Mm. The one that uh shot the cops that they murdered okay mm-hmm. we had those things at, the, at that time at that time yeah and you know you know uh the, the black i was in what this if, church and the pastor was on some like yo you know when it hmm. came for him to really speak the real about the conditions of black people yeah and his support yeah or whether he would have it or not yeah the support wasn't there right i mean he was so close to saying i'm not a black man i'm a christian man Wow. Like like, yeah. Cre- like Creflo Dollar. Creflo Dollar, yeah. Mm-hmm. So he drunk cool water that day. And, uh, you know, mm-hmm. and I, I had a problem with that. Mm-hmm. And I didn't rock with him a little after that. I was like, all right, this, this guy has no backbone when it comes to the black community. Okay? Yeah. So this is why you have a situation where black folks is leaving. And they um, have some you, churches that don't mention about, they have some churches that don't mention. They don't talk about it at, at all. It's like it's not the, even happening. It's, it's, it's like like you go into the church. It's like it does like the, it's like the walls are, are like it's like a different world altogether. It does yeah. like the outside world does not exist. 
I mean, um, the focus of the church, I understand, is to, to um, bring people close to Christ and to you know, talk about salvation, of course. But there's a world out there you can, we got to talk about and address that, that sometimes that when you step outside the church, you face it every day. You face it every day being harassed. You, face, you might face being pulled over by the police. You might face being harassed. Or you might you might get like um some kind of injustice you know done to you or something that's some something that that's not right or these these things do happen that's the reality of it and sometimes you look for a refuge when you go into the church and it's not there it's a silence it's a silence it's like the um outside world don't exist now they do have some churches that address it they do have some churches that are vocal some black churches that are vocal and they do speak about what's going on in the, the, the diaspora of the community they'll speak about what's going on in the community but they but some churches you go to they don't talk about it at all it's like it's not even it's not even there you know i understand they say it's not their focus mm -hmm. if you speak to the pastor they say well we we're speaking about salvation repent and speaking about salvation it's good you should but you, you should. also should speak out against injustice because yes um bi biblically Biblically, Jesus did that. Hmm. So he didn't just let injustice happen. And it, like, hmm. I swear, a lot of times this pisses me off. I grew up in the church. Yeah. So hmm. I'll keep it real. My own grandfather wasn't like that. My grandfather was a pastor. Hmm. But my grandfather wasn't. He, my mother was like that growing up. Like, yeah, my mother had them, uh, had had more of a pro-black. Uh, you know, she was more into black pride. Right, right. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? Yes. You know, I'm not saying my grandfather wasn't proud to be black, but hmm. I don't recall him going out of his way to speak against the injustice that was of what was going on in the black community. Hmm. He wasn't that type of pastor. Right. Yeah, I, I yeah. wish he was, but. He's gone now, so that that's it. But he wasn't that. Hmm. I didn't grow up in it. I didn't. I didn't. I, not once did I ever step foot in a church where that where where I had outspoken uh, uh, a pastor who spoke out again. Never had that. Never no. had that. No. But you got brothers like Jamal Bryant who do. Mm -hmm. um, TD Jakes don't. That's why sometimes he get he Cruffo Dial never will. Yeah. Yeah. Like yeah. I said, the Coon Water. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, now Fred Price is. I remember he had a sermon and he said we just wanted to be treated like the Japanese were when they bombed Pearl Harbor. They were treated better than black folks were here in America. Wow. Facts. Wow. Wow. Nineteen forty one, December seventh, yo, they were treated better? I hope I quoted him right. But he just made it he was making a point a that, point, yeah. He was making a point that other other groups that America you know would call minorities, yes, and people who attack them are being treated better. Oh, I got a fact for you right now. In the time of Nazi Germany, mm -hmm. when the uh, the, when the Nazi uh, POWs were captured, mm -hmm. uh, when they were being brought back, the black people had the black soldiers had to give up their seats for them. Wow, facts. Are you kidding me? Facts. So it facts. it goes yeah. it goes <laughs> to show it goes to show Speak no no mm -hmm. matter what. Black people have done. We fought their wars. Yes. No matter what we've done. Yes. Black folks historically have always been treated worse than the people who attacked them. Yes. 
Matter of fact, a lot of young people don't know this, but in 1945, the, the integration started between black and white soldiers. A lot of people don't know that 1945 was a, was a year. Now, now, it's sad to say that you, 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 that we've years that we fought in the war. There's a lot of, a lot of stuff that, that y'all don't know that, that we, we're going to speak upon because it's facts that listen, we would not, we would, you know, we, 50s brother, the um, time of Pearl Harbor when the Japanese were treated better. And so much Americans died during the bombing. Yeah. A lot of Americans died in, on Hawaii, in Hawaii, in 1941 when the Japanese bombed. Lots, lot, lot of casualties. Mm-hmm. And they were still treated better? It, it just goes to show you. In comparison, they were yeah. treated. I'm, now, I'm not saying they were treated with, they weren't treated like white people. Right. I'd be right. lying if I said that. But I'm just saying they were. Them and other groups who attacked America historically have mm-hmm. been treated better than black folks here. It just doesn't make any sense. Right. right. Because I don't recall Africa going to war with America ever. So, no. I mean, I. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and you know what? That should have happened back when we was getting on slave ships. Yes. <laughs> but you didn't even have a united Africa back then. No. But that's another conversation. But the, yeah. what, what, mm-hmm. what the point I'm making is this. And I don't want to get too far away from the black church issue, but yeah, there used to be that voice. Now, remember what I said, how we're going to talk about the, the sellouts. Mm. Now, let's talk about where that came from. We're about to go back in history now. Mm-hmm. Um, back in the days of the early black church, before that, hmm. you know, at that, we talking slavery, right? Let's, let's go back to just in America, because hmm. if I talked about if I talked about the church before mm-hmm. Christianity came to America, mm-hmm. if I'm talking about uh, the original church mm-hmm. in in the times of Africa and stuff mm-hmm. like that, mm-hmm. that's another conversation because, mm-hmm. and this may be a debate for people everywhere. I understand <laughs> a lot of people say, how can you have the white man's religion? This is not the white man's religion. Originally, it is not the white man's religion. You'll speak on it. Because it's, yeah. you will find early... Uh, what they would call Christian Coptic churches in Ethiopia way before a lot of these, uh, uh, way, European, way yeah. before Europeans even started, got a hold of the Bible. Right. Okay. But that's another conversation that would involve a <laughs> lot of, a lot of, uh, um, history that I would have to dive in more to. Cause these are things that I'm still studying. Right. Right. Okay. Right, but, right, but for those right. who actually mm-hmm. know, the uh the first church was that of black folks. Period. Period. Yes. 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 It okay. was. It, and it, a lot of folks don't know that they, a lot, they because a lot of our our black folks they say that that's because of slavery they say and the, and because of what they heard on slavery that the um white slave masters plantation owners read the Bible and they and, they, and so they say it's a white man's religion because they because the whites embraced it. Right. But well they they yeah they, they took. The word they didn't read the whole Bible because if they did, okay, well, I'll get into that in just a second. Mm-hmm. That that might be another comment, okay. Anyway, um, <laughs> that'd be in the future, yeah. But let's go back to, to the to um, to, to the slave time, right? Mm-hmm. So, you only had that one particular scripture slaves obey your masters, and da, da, da. yes, yes, you know, that scripture, you know, yeah, that mm-hmm. scripture is taken out of context because. That's the only scripture that they would use mm-hmm. to to uh, manipulate imp- to yeah. manipulate and imprison us from a slave mentality 
uh, they gave us the white savior image. Mm-hmm. And so this was something that was put on black folks from the beginning. The problem is black folks have took this upon themselves, adapted it, mm-hmm. and then made made a community out of it. And mm-hmm. so now mm-hmm. the white savior thing has been stuck with black people from that time. You know, because at that time, the slave master was your God. Fact that that's why that's how it was back then, mm-hmm. and that's how they taught it. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Um, so here's that's the true. thing. It's true. You had when before a black before a black man was able to even teach in church, he had to he had to read what the slaves told him. Yeah, I mean, I mean what the slave master told him. Told to him. Read. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, this is why we couldn't. This is why we couldn't read. They they they, they was a whip slave for trying to read. Yep. So, so, so they so where they strip you of knowledge, so so they can so you can demo, so they can control you. It's all that's all a matter of control. So, so when the church um stay silence and don't teach our young people about their history and don't embrace what's going on in the community, it it, it kind of shuts a lot of things down. So, in other words, you you're worshiping the Lord, but you but you're not even, but you're not even being able. To, you're telling people to be. You're telling people you're preaching, but you're not even able to go down to the history and let people know what's going. What's how people let the people know? Because we have to know who, ourselves before we can teach our children's children. We gotta know ourselves. We gotta be enlightened in knowledge. I be, I'm a strong believer of that. Knowledge and learning about yourself, and also being and also knowing what's going on in your community. Keeping your do- keeping the door shut is not is not helping the community because Christ was a man that went out to the community and he embraced and he embraced the community. Jesus is Jesus uh, while he was on Earth was a revolutionary. Yes, I think that conversation is not brought up. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Yes, you know he was a revolutionary. You know, and that's glossed over. Mm. That is glossed over. So, Jesus would not be okay with white supremacy. Now, let me, um, there's a certain uh, audience of people who are listening, and I'm saying the word Jesus, right? Yeah. And some would probably say, well, Jesus is a white man's name. Uh, what was his name originally? Oh, I could tell you that. Um, Yeshua or Yahashua. Mm. Okay. Just want to put that out there for those who think I don't know nothing. Okay, <laughs> Yahweh Shah, Mashiach. Okay, I'm just saying, I just want to put that out there for my uh, Hebrew Israelite brothers out there. Yeah. You know, uh, so we say Jesus because that's what people know him as today. People don't people don't refer to him as that uh, um, old Hebrew name. They just don't, sadly. So in order for people to understand our conversation, I'm going to say Jesus. Right, okay? right. So that's the most name commonly commonly that our Lord and Savior is known by in yeah. America mm-hmm. and throughout the world. Mm-hmm. So that's why was that's why I'm saying that. Mm-hmm. But what I want to say is is also this. Let me just get back on program. Is that the participation of pastors mm-hmm. of, of white supremacy mm-hmm. is another problem. Mm-hmm. So. The silence is also to keep black people in the church silent because the church is still 
uh, the number one place for a large to gather and assemble a lot of black folks, if as you possibly can. Mm-hmm. More black people go to the church than they go to the club. Yes. So that's a way to reach you. That's a way mm-hmm. to start mm-hmm. community organizing and stuff like that. Yes. If you want to start a movement, the best place to start it to get the ear of, the, of black folks is to go to the church because that's mm-hmm. where they go. Yes. Yes. You know what I'm saying? Yes. Mm-hmm. You know, you had situations, Mega Evans, right? Anytime he wanted to do a protest, who did he speak to? Anytime there was a protest or he wanted to lead a boycott, at that time, the church would let him come in and, and he, he would speak, speak to the and, congregation. And that would be a good way for him to organize. Yes, speak to the congregation. Yes. Exactly. Because the congregation, you see, when you, you see the, yeah, for most black folk, yeah, young and old, mm-hmm. I would say, yeah, go church, to the church. I would say churches, young and, and old, churches so, and mosques yeah. are the best places to go. To reach, reach out people. To people. Yes, it is. It is. It is. So when it, when it comes down to to find out what's going on in the community, the church is the, is the avenue to go to. So when the churches now, and, not, and this is not all churches in America, when it, some, of the church, some of the churches now, when they shut the doors on, on the, what's going on in the community, it leaves a lot of information out. You know, there's a church that I know, Personally, that I know that um, they speak on issues or what's going on in the community. Also, they let the young people know what's going on with as far as employment, what jobs are hiring, what jobs are not hiring. They have they have information for applications that if those who need employment. So, a church is a refuge for people to go to to get to get certain things and get answers and they put put together as a community. The church is the community. So when the churches now keep silent. It's, it's now where where the people gonna go now? Cause now it's like you ain't gonna go to the club. You know, people going running trying to go to the club. The club is playing music. You can't hear nothing in, in the club bumping music. Yeah. So and you you don't have the ear of people in the club. A lot no, of them, by that time we leave read. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, back to what you were saying. Though. Yeah. So the the, the church is is a uh, um, avenue that people can go to. For a lot of community services and a lot of things that's going on to help help you out. So when they keep silence about police brutality, it's like, ugh, you know. There's one, there's one or two churches I know personally that, on Staten Island, New York, that I know personally that that opens their doors for certain things, open the doors for like talks about police brutality and um, community services and. Feeding people and also um, close close drive. Um, so when the churches, when the churches, other churches stay silent about it, it's like, where am I gonna go? Because you're not because you, we're going to church every Sunday, and, and this is what some people have. I'm, I heard of um, I don't know if you heard the news, but um, <laughs> um, era, new era had a ride in a church somewhere in Detroit. Wayne T. Jackson's church. Yes. Um, the key they they got, they got tired of. The collection being co- the money being collected and nothing being given to the community. Nothing you, you collect the money, you're taking the money from the community, but you're not giving back. Meaning that you're keeping your doors shut to what's to, to to the needs of the people, but you're you're taking, but you're not giving. That's not the that's not how Christ operated, and that's not how you should operate. I I would say that with New Era, you know, some would say they didn't have any decorum. About that type of protest, mm. 
maybe they felt they needed to have that type of protest to actually get the pastor's attention. Attention, yeah. Okay, fine. Would I do that? No. But I'm not going to condemn New Era Detroit for doing that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Because here's what that proves. Wayne T. Jackson still don't care about black folks. Mm-hmm. That's what that still proved. Because of how he aligned himself with a suspected white supremacist, Donald Trump, before he became president. Mm-hmm. And he's still with him after this. He did, huh? He had a situation. Let me tell you something. If this man had an opportunity during that Charlottesville situation where Trump was talking about very fine people and all this other mess and not coming down on white supremacists like he should have right. and also uh, getting justice because I don't care how much you talk about white supremacy. If you are not going to try these people in the justice system, shut up. <laughs> yes, right. Shut the heck up. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I want to see some justice. Don't just talk about white supremacy wrong. I want to see some justice. Some justice, yeah. Now, he had the perfect opportunity to say, I ain't with this no more. I'm stepping away from him. That's what A.R. Bernard did mm, of, uh, of, mm. of, of, of um, Christian Cultural Center in Brooklyn. Yeah, see? A.R. Bernard stepped down. Now, he should have stepped down soon. He should <laughs> That's another conversation, but he stepped down. Yeah, see? He did. I remember hearing that. I heard that. I heard about that. He, he, he was in down, his yeah. uh, evangelical, e- evangelical uh, faith advisement, whatever, whatever the heck you call that freak thing. I don't even care, I don't, I don't even care what it's named. Yeah, but he was supposed to be on the list of spiritual advisors. Paula White's on that. Paula White, Paula White ain't going nowhere. She ain't leaving him. <laughs> okay, <laughs> but Al Bernard at least had the heart. Okay, step, he had he had, yeah. he had the litigated gall, mm-hmm. the testic- tes- tes- testicular the fortitude to get away from this man. Yes, he did. Yes, he should have did, did it sooner, but he did it now. He did it now. Fine. Yeah, he did it. Yeah. But Wayne T. Jackson still. Was I ain't, I ain't once, oh, I ain't once heard. Nope. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> okay. I, I ain't once heard. I ain't once heard Wayne T. Jackson say, "You know what? I can, I can no longer support this president. I just can't." <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know. So that's that's what that proved. Wayne T. Jackson is a is a man. That man, that man is him, and another. Anyway, yeah, yeah, man. I mean, it's oh, it's oh. Cool let me man. say something real quick. This mm-hmm. is kind of off topic. I read somewhere Omarosa can't even step foot in the White House right now. Wow, wow. She done picked all that cotton for that man for nothing. <laughs> wow. Oh Lord, they picking me cotton. Oh Lord, Lord sunshine. <laughs> Come on, yeah, you, you know all that cotton you picking, you got you can't even step foot in the White House. Uh, Look at that, got him. <laughs> That's a shame, oh, man. Yeah. You know, so so and Wayne T. Jackson is a good, good example. I'm glad you brought that up because Wayne T. Jackson is a good example of mm-hmm. why the black church is silent. Yeah, perfect example. I'm gonna say something, I'm gonna, and I'm support. I remember when Dr. Jamal Bryant um, turned mm-hmm. down his invitation to a Trump meeting, and and, and Jamal Bryant uh, um, actually uh, has some type of he had. Some type of affiliation with Trump years ago because uh, he knew Omarosa. Remember, right. Omar, remember Omarosa did that dating show. Good lord, remember that? Show? Oh yeah, I remember yeah, that show. Yeah, show. I remember TV that show. One. Yeah, TV One. And, yeah, and, yeah, yeah, and yes. And Jamal Bryant was. <laughs> and Jamal Bryant was on the show as mm-hmm. her spiritual advisor. My advisor, right? <laughs> oh, so man. a lot of people and that Trump. I mean, oh, I'm sorry, that show. Yeah, 
was produced by Donald Trump. Yeah, I remember. Oh, yes. You know, it was produced by him. So Amber Rose I, is I remember there was a Christian rapper by the name of uh, Ross Servin. He was on that show as a candidate. Wow. Yeah. Wow. As a, as a candidate for, yeah. for, for, for yeah, Trump? For, no, for Amber Rosa. For Amber Rosa? Yeah. And then also, you know, what's her name was on there too? I'll be sure. <laughs> oh, yeah. I remember I'll be sure being on that show. Yeah. <laughs> I'll be sure. Yeah, it came out of nowhere. He was, your, man, yeah. your man was on there singing night and day to her. <laughs> Night and day, thinking about you. <laughs> <laughs> I love you more than the rain or shine. <laughs> love is blind. Oh man! Exactly. Oh man! He was on that show. So I, 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 that, I just for comic relief, I did that. But yeah, man. So, Come on, man. so here there was a meeting. This mm-hmm. was during the campaign time. Mm-hmm. And he didn't go. And the one thing Jamal... <laughs> the one thing... Oh, man. Let me... Man, if I could find that clip. Jamal Bryant is the man when he said this. He was like, yo. He said, he, he invited you guys and y'all went on there. Okay. <laughs> and he said, you guys didn't even get paid. He said... He, no, he said he yeah, didn't get paid? He, he called, oh, man. I, th- I think he called him like... He says one pastor was debating with him on CNN, something about, oh, I have it right here. All right. Do what you... Yeah, so you Speak know, on a couple of things. I'm going to hook this up real quick. Yeah, so, you know, we got to keep the church doors open, man. I mean, we, we, we're we shutting it down to folks that want to get, that, that needs a refuge because sometimes, sometimes um, there's no place in the community to go. But to, to stand up for fight was for civil rights, to find out what's going on with civil rights, to find out what's going on, how we can get access, how we can get help as far as um learning about about tactics with the police. Um, big up to um I think the NAACP was um on Staten Island was bringing that up too about being vocal about tactics of how to address the police and the police how to address a bridging a, a gap in the community between the police and the and the young youths in the, in the streets, how to address them. So, um, big up to NAACP for um for 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 bringing that up, Staten Island um chapter for bringing that up. I went to a meeting one time and they was talking about that. All right. Um, so yeah, real man. quick, I got a now I got a clip here. This is a clip from this is a clip from this is, this is some time ago. Okay. Uh. Mm-hmm. Jamal Bryan's debating with this cat named Pastor James Davis. Some Trump supporter. He he drinks cool water too. Wow. Um, <laughs> and it's about the Donald Trump endorsement. I want you to hear what Jamal Bryan says. This was on the Aaron Burnett. This was this was on uh Aaron Aaron Burnett's program on CNN. Let me see if I can get Very this much here. Sarah. in Baltimore, Reverend Jamal Bryan, who did not attend the meeting. All right, good to have both of you with us, and I'm, I'm glad you're both here in person because this is this is a really important topic. Now, Pastor Davis, right. you have made a decision to, to endorse Donald Trump, right? Well, in- endorse in the sense of James Davis, not as the pastor, but as the individual, because there is a fine line legally that pastors cannot uh, endorse political candidates uh, okay. with, the, with the title pastor in front of it. But as James Davis, the man, I stand in support uh, of, of Donald All Trump. All right, so you were... 
your community, your flock will hear you say yes. this, right? So That's I understand correct. whatever the technical line may be. Sure. Why do you believe, though, that he is going to be good for the African-American community? I mean, we've just heard some of the things that he said, and yeah. he did, of course, retweet that that what many believe to be well, a very... I, th I think much of what's going tweet. on right now, I'll use even some of the uh, the words that the previous guest uh, in, in a segment that I just saw use, that is schoolyard chatter. We're in a very serious time here in this country um, where our community is on fire, basically, and no one is talking about sending a fire truck. Uh, basically, what's going on now is a bunch of rhetoric about uh, sound blurbs and, and uh, what the media is putting out with respect to painting a picture of Mr. Trump. And so in that case, uh, those of us that have enough sense and are intelligent enough, we can get mm -hmm. past some of these sound blips or retweets or whatever they are and hear the substance. That was the point of the meeting. The meeting was never about endorsing. We made history today. We put 100, better than 100 uh, black preachers in a room with a GOP candidate. That's never been done before. Let's stop right there. I know this is old news for people, but this is helping the current topic of our show. <laughs> he said that they were able to get 100 pastors for a GOP candidate. But how come we can't get 100 of y'all for, for when we want to address our own issues that we can do ourselves? Right, right, right. How right. come we can't get you for that? <laughs> now back to the clip before I go in on this fool. Did and he listen? He absolutely yeah. listened to us. This wasn't the first time. This was our third meeting with him. Um, and, and in previous times, we mm -hmm. just didn't have the time to get into our issues. But as the more we got into the issues, we determined that it was necessary for us to come back so again today. So you don't think today. he's a racist? Okay, I stopped it for this particular reason. This man just said that it was the third meeting and they was finally able to get to the issues. Black folks, when you meet... <laughs> that's why... That's why Let me can... calm down. Yo, yeah, 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 yeah. My people, mm -hmm. if you or me... And I, I, I ain't mean to hit the table like that. It, now it's going to show up in the audio. My people, if you're going to meet with somebody, especially a, 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 a political figure who's on the way to being president, who's already in the office, you're agenda your issues need to be brought up and need to be put in front of that person before you even get in the room yes 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 this is the problem with our people you you want you you go you want to address something and then oh it's put on the back this is why our stuff is being put on the back burner other people do not do that when the gays want to meet with that is the the meeting is brought up is brought up right then and there when the Hispanic community, any other Chinese community, any other community who wants to, uh, 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 whether it's women's rights, any type of group, whoever, who needs what they need to get, special lynchers, political, whatever, social, civil, whatever, when they go to a meeting, ain't nothing, they don't, they don't need a third meeting for you to finally get to the issue. Hmm. Hmm. It's going to happen. This should be the first words that come out of your mouth. This is what we need. Hmm. Forget what need. Hmm. Back to the clip. I don't okay. believe that. Uh, again, I believe that uh, his ego and his gravitas is so big that he doesn't have to pander to anyone. And I don't believe that I was being pandered to or, or, or as you know, some say that we are uh, his token, so to speak, in order mm -hmm. to go out and grab votes for him. That's not the case. All right. So, Reverend, let me ask you. You were invited yes. to the meeting. You chose not to attend. Okay. Now, Jamal Bryant's going to speak. Pastor James Davis just spoke. Now, uh, Dr. Jamal Bryant's going to speak. 
You are and, here in New York today, but you did, chose not to attend. Yes. You just heard uh, Pastor Davis say he doesn't feel he was being pandered to. He doesn't yes. feel Donald Trump's a racist. Yeah, he, I think that he's a pawn. I think it's regrettable. I'm here as a preacher and as a black man to say that I vehemently oppose the candidacy of somebody who has been uh, outlandishly offensive to every minority group in the country, uh, from the Latino community, African-Americans, women, physically challenged, and all the more, uh, Pastor James and Bishop Scott, who are the Bishop Scott, who was the chair of this meeting, come from Cleveland. For a year, the Cleveland community has been in outcry looking for justice for Tamir Rice. Mm -hmm. And Donald Trump hasn't spoken to any of that. Uh, we've not heard anything about mass incarceration, nothing about economic inequity, nothing hmm. about uh, militarization of police. And hmm. the reality is hmm. this meeting was pulled together because of a rally that took place in Alabama where a protester uh, from Black Lives Matter was roughed up. And Donald Trump said to the press that he believed he deserved to be roughed up. Wow. Now, to that end, if you will not meet with Black Lives Matter protesters. Let me find a hundred black preachers who are not civically and socially engaged, who will in fact find a connection to the Black Lives Matter protesters who are engaged with this conversation. All right. Oh, come on, brother. This man just mentioned the issues. And he said, these are the issues that should have been addressed. And if those issues were not happening in that meeting, then that meeting was a waste of time. What's the purpose of meeting three times if, 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 the, if, the, if the issues are not addressed? This is what I'm talking about. This is why I think they're putting the back burner because they have the coon. They keep, they, keep, they keep jumping over the issues and jumping to the things that does not cater to us. Oh, and by the way, for those who saw that footage, Pastor James Davis, while Jamal Bryan is talking and giving these points, your man's about to lose his cool. So it just goes to show you how upset this man is. Because he looks like a fool supporting Trump. Looks like a dang fool. You know? I'm going to play the rest of the clip, and then we're going to speak on this, and then we're going to close out soon. It is a very disheartening. So, yeah, let's have a conversation here. If I can jump in right there, because we're talking about Black Lives Matter. Yes. And and at the end of the day, that discussion doesn't need to be had on Fifth Avenue. That discussion needs to be had at 1600 Pennsylvania Avenue. Why not? our current administration. All these things that are going on right now in our communities is because of the, the people that are in charge right now and not necessarily the ones that are coming down the pipeline. Uh, with, with respect to Black Lives Matter, with respect to our issues, all of these things were addressed in this meeting. And, and if Dr. Bryant would let see, I can't cut off someone because uh, of something they said. We're not going to always like what each, each person says. Mm -hmm. And so I'm not throwing away. And so yes. even with Dr. Bryant, yes. Dr. Bryant has gone so far to go out on Twitter and called the people that were in that room prostitutes. And I'm well, wondering... You just called, let's just say, right here at this table, you just and, called... Yes, yeah, a pawn. Pawn. He called me a pawn. He called, but he called, but he called them a prostitute yes. and, and said that we're using our pulpits as... As as polls. as polls, yes. okay. Right, so I'd like, like to give a I'm wondering. I'd like to give the women in that room, the, yes. the women, female pastors in that room, yes. appreciate being called prostitutes. And I'm wondering if their their husbands, in in fact, uh, agree okay. with being and, called and prostitutes. And I I, 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 right I want to apologize because prostitutes get money, and the 100 that went in there walked away with nothing. They did it for free. So there's another word for that, and I would not <laughs> use that language <laughs> on the family channel. What I would suggest is that you couldn't find a... Wait, wait. Let's, let me put that back. Let me put that back. 
Oh, my Lord. I wonder if the women in that room, the, yes. the women, female pastors in that room, yeah. appreciate being called prostitutes. And I'm wondering if their, their husbands, in, in fact, uh, uh, agree okay. with being and, called and prostitutes. I, 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 I want to apologize because prostitutes get money. And the 100 that went in there walked away with nothing. Wow. They did it for free. So there's another word for that, and I would not use that language on the family Holy channel. <laughs> what I would suggest is that you couldn't find a hundred white pastors to do the endorsement. Oh, come on. Not a hundred rabbis, not a hundred imams, but you can find whenever it is, whenever it is that there's that was poverty, a miscommunication. wherever there's poverty, you can always find, it was a miscommunication you can always find the a capitalist and then the who will pastors. always exploit because, poor okay. people so, who are privileged just to be in the room. The, he's the glad, time, he's glad time, to be in the no, room with what? no policy really, okay. and no yeah, promise. This from the guy he just called him a groom, basically. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And so, and so in, that, in that regard, we're not there for relevance. We, no. The first couple of meetings were in private, right. but then someone the in the first couple of meetings, out, and then Dr. Bryant take because that's what he does. He grabs the verse. Never said that. You said, of course, no, he probably so took the tweet down. But, but, here, but here's what I'm saying: that if he's the it's devil, I'm wondering when did he become the devil? So because he, 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 he was actually a, 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 on his spinoff show, the ultimate uh, whatever it was with Omarosa. So I'm wondering when you were cashing Donald Trump's check. Was he the devil, or did he evolve to become the devil in 2015? I, 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 he's full of sound and fury. I'm talking about policy. What is the policy that African Americans are marginalized, are manipulated, and not a part of the economic structure? What is the economic policy this was the that purpose. you go back to Cleveland with? This was the with? purpose of the meeting. Okay, we talked about us. tax incentives. You've given the okay, so, right. so, As far as three hours of the meeting, probably, yes. probably two of the three hours One were, on, were on economics. It was with respect to tax incentives to bring businesses into the inner city because mm -hmm. poverty is our issue. Okay, uh, and, and so if we deal with poverty at that level, as far as in inspiring entrepreneurship, and getting businesses back going right now under this administration, mm -hmm. black folks are worse off than we've ever been. 2009, we were at about 24% uh, with respect to the poverty level. Now it's increased. Our wealth gap has increased, 18,000 to 142,000 for, for whites. And so this is all under the current administration. And so anytime you go to listen to someone other than the normal Democrat rhetoric mm -hmm. that we're fed, here comes the minions to chase after us to say, get back Robert on the plantation. Brian, would you ever vote for anyone Republican? I'm, I'm looking not on personality, but on principle. Hold on. <laughs> so Jamal Bryant's a minion because he told you to get off the plantation? <laughs> Brother, you're on the plantation, uh, Pastor James Davis. He's telling you to get off the plantation. He's telling you to get off the coon train. Yeah. And you seem to be riding the street. He, he just suggested he had a meeting with him three times. Yeah. What was and done? The, the only one Paulus about was economics. Then what the heck were y'all talking about? And then secondly, you said I do agree with um employment and businesses being brought into communities where we occupy. Yeah. Because okay. we don't own them. The problem is now who's going to own these jobs? Question mark. Because if black people are still not are still cut out of of the entrepreneurship part of that, then that's not real that's not real integration. That is false equality. That is false integration. Next.
while we're in the middle of right, transition, my, I am My open, point is, would you ever vote for a Republican? I, I would vote for who I thought had the best blueprint for black America. And at this point, I do not believe, based off of what we have seen and what we have heard, and my dear colleague Steele has not pointed out one policy that talks about economic development, African trade, well, nothing deals with he massive just specifically tax. talked about bringing businesses policy? back into Texas the inner city. And how do you do that? Tax so incentives, how do you once do again. That? Okay, so you, you, did he talk it, about it, that it, specifically, tax incentives? Yes, he talks oh. about that so that if you reduce the taxes in the inner city, yeah. So that now you can draw a business or a corporation into that area. They have the incentive to put to put jobs in that area. So that's what Donald he Trump quit, said he would he do. Talk, yes, he said underneath his administration. And beyond that, that ain't nothing but gentrification. That about with respect to police and police brutality, and that how he mm -hmm. would look at it through a different lens versus what's going on right now under our current okay, administration. Okay, with, with nothing's Obama been changed in, though in the White House nope. and with uh, black folks as the as the Attorney General. And so he's saying that all these things will be looked at with respect to the Black Lives Matter guy. Yes, if, if someone walks in my church or someone walks in Dr. Bryant's church and disrupts the place, he's going to be asked to leave. Now, he didn't endorse the guy. Uh, he didn't command his minion, so to speak, to beat him up. That was the, Are you okay with what Donald I'm Trump not, said, I'm that not, that guy deserved to be roughed I'm up? I'm not okay with that. That's ridiculous, of course. Okay. But I'm able to chew the meat, spit out the bones with anyone. That's just like I wouldn't throw Dr. Bryant away because he called us prostitutes. But he should be thrown away. He probably should have his ministerial credentials uh, revoked. Because I wouldn't stand, I wouldn't call any of my brothers out of that. So the name. word you were using, you didn't say it. I will say it was yes. rape. That was the word you were saying. Well, I, I think again, what, what it is is really very disheartening that these preachers walked away with private promises while we're in the middle of an open presidential election. Mm -hmm. The policies that were discussed behind closed doors need to, in fact, be open when he gets to Macon this evening to talk about what he wants to do for urban renewal and inner city development. It cannot just be behind closed doors. When that next was, debate comes, I would love, I would, to, I would love to hear what we're going to do on the inequity of our public schools, on how it is that our African-Americans, even with degrees, are at a lower pay so scale. Instead right? of attacking us, if Dr. Bryant would, would have signed up and came to the meeting, he would have heard these things. He would have heard about schools. He would have heard about he would have heard about the inequities. Okay. He would have heard about all of these things. Everything that he said was talked about in that room and will be echoed in the public mm -hmm. as time progresses. Go ahead. Uh, because I honor and appreciate the young people who are on the front line in Chicago, Minneapolis, and the young people he doesn't know in Cleveland who are a part of the Black Lives Matter movement. And if he would say, as Governor Chris Christie has said, he would never meet with the young people of Black Lives Matter, the black preachers to go behind their back and go meet with them, I think is a slap in the face. And all the more, these are preachers who are not connected to the movement and have not been on the front line of what these young people are trying to accomplish. So I stood in allegiance with the young people who are, in fact, trying to effectuate change. If it's just about a conversation, then have a conversation with these young activists who are fighting night and day to right. see America live up to what it's supposed Thank to be. Thank you both very much. Yes, I agree with him, what he said 100% because, you know, you can have a meeting with, the, with, with Trump and, and it just goes in one ear and out the other ear and you can talk about the economics, but what is it doing to, what, what, how is it affecting the black, young black folks in the community. Oh, I mean, how is it? How is it? Um, how are we owning our own? You know, how are we? How are we gain? How are we gaining um, respect from the police when we get stopped, stop or frisk? You know, because 
because you meeting with him three times, three times, still didn't address the situation, still didn't address the problem. We still facing it till the right now, you know. So, big up to the other pastor who said he's he wants to meet with the young people that's want to create change, right. doing well, things Brian. to yeah, but Brian to create change, you know, and, and do certain things to help and fluctuate and help get people to be active and help pe young people to be active and, and going on and was and to be able to uplift the young people and others in the community. You know, entrepreneurship is very powerful. It's a, it's a means and a very, it's a very powerful tool that we can use to help circulate currency around our, around our people. And we need that. We need that respect, you know? So, um, what the, what the other pastor was saying, man, I, I man, he's, I, I don't know, man. I mean, um, he was looking stupid out there. Yeah, man. It's just, yo, yo man, he's just hung it up. And that, and, and, and that, it, uh, also helps my other point, and that right there is an example of one of the reasons why 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 why, why young black folks are, are are not looking to the church for help. That's why, because of what James because Pastor James was talking about, what Jamal Bryan was saying, we need more of the pastors to be more in touch with the community. Exactly, exactly. That way, it won't have to flee. Exactly. You know what I mean, exactly. So we're gonna um we're gonna get up out of here. We're going to mm -hmm. continue this series. Next episode, we're going to talk about the white, the so-called white church mm -hmm. and if they are allies or not. Hmm. I will come at it like this. Um, at one point, there were times where th there was, but, I mean, most of the time, the help hasn't been there. So Most of the time, you're on your own. You're on your own, exactly. Yeah. So, if you, so, and then I'll come at it from a faith standpoint. Um if you're on your own, then then at that point, that particular mm -hmm. part of the church doesn't see themselves as a, as a, as a one uh, kingdom or body of Christ biblically, hmm. because why you know I shouldn't there's supposed to, I mean biblically there's only supposed to be one body, not two bodies. You know what I mean? That's I mean the kingdom. You know what I mean? So I'm going to go at it from that perspective, too. Okay? Mm -hmm. All right. So any last thoughts on today? Yes. Um, if you want to get involved in the community, you can. Um, but I would say to our, to young folks out there, and I would say to people out there, too, if you're going to go to a church, help, go to a church that's in touch with the community. Um, get involved with a church that's in touch with the community. Um, because they'll, they, cause they, cause they, when the doors open, they'll more understand you and where you're coming from, you know, cause when there's so much politics and, and sometimes the ministries are unreachable, it's hard for you to maintain going. So, cause sometimes so when you, when you're in a, when you're in a church that's involved with the community, you, you're more in tune than what's going on in your church. You can always go to your church. For, if you need help, you can always go to your church for refuge, but if you can't touch them, the, the board leaders of the church and the ministries of the church, it, you, you're not going to find yourself being excited to really, you're just going to go for to church as just a thing. You're not going to go to just, you're going to go to it more to, to be like, well, I'm going to go, but I'm going to go because I'm, I'm just worship God and just praise God and everything. But they really can't help me. I need a job right now, but they really can't help me. I'm going to have to look elsewhere. You want to go to a church that's, that's you're able to touch and they're able to touch you and you're able to help you out in your time of need. So that's my last thoughts right there. Yeah.
once again, the black church needs to be that the church period, but just specifically talking to churches that are in, um, uh, that are mainly uh, in neighborhoods that are uh, where black folks are. Yes. Need to be that place of refuge for anything. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Especially when it comes to social injustice. Yes. Okay. But also not only just, um, not only just for your needs in the spiritual uh, world, but also in the physical world. Mm-hmm. You know, if there's a situation, I don't have a church. I don't, I don't, well, this is what I mean. I don't. I don't. I'm not a pastor of a church. Right. But if I was, I would want my church, um, where the people in the church come to me, um, not only just for um for spiritual needs, for spiritual advice, spiritual guidance, but also say, you know, I lost my job. I won't be able to make rent. Mm-hmm. Can you help me? I want to mm-hmm. be able to be that kind of church that can mm-hmm. do that. You know what I'm saying? I want to mm-hmm. be able to be that type of person. Period. I don't necessarily have to have to have a church to do that. Yes. Have have a church to do that. Yes. But I want to be that person. I don't have money like that, but I want to be that person where I can obtain that for you. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? And show that love that we supposed to have. You know what I mean? Now, as far as the voice, I want to say to the black church, you disappoint me. Hmm. I mean, if I was somebody who wasn't saved, I'd probably spit in your face. Mm. Because I feel that you have let us down. Number one, you let the Lord down. That's who you let down first. Because mm-hmm. he wouldn't approve of this. He wouldn't approve of that. He wouldn't approve of of a lot of you out there co-opting with white supremacy. Yeah, and, and, was, a, lot, and a lot yeah. of that is due to your silence. Yeah, and it's due to, to money too. Exactly. So what, yeah. you need, what you need to do is check yourselves, get yourselves in order, and repent. And, mm-hmm. you know... I, what I just said, I probably need to repent for what I just said just a second ago. But I'll do that too. But y'all need to repent. Hmm. And y'all need to be what y'all were called to be when you actually got your purpose. Mm-hmm. And never lose sight of that. Mm-hmm. So, Zach here is where can they reach you? They can reach me at um, Wayne Backus 2 uh, on, on Twitter. Twitter.com. Or they can re- also reach me on Facebook Wayne Bacchus or and also the other Facebook Wayne back Wayne Zacchaeus Bacchus on Facebook and also on Instagram Zacchaeus B73 Zacchaeus Z A C C H E U S B as a letter B and 73 and also um you can also go cop that book. This book is still available on Barnes and Noble. It's called "A Bad Man, a Thug, and a Gangster." Go get yourself a copy today. That's what's up. Mm-hmm. You can reach me at the Fifth General. That's at the Fifth General on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. All right. So mm-hmm. I'm gonna get on that here. We're gonna get up out of here. Mm-hmm. All right. Signing off. This is Mr. Z, and this is Fifth. Yeah. And we'll see y'all next time. Yeah, right. Peace. Peace.